0: Let's take a breath, everyone, and look back at the weekend for the NCAA tournament on this episode of Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller and Austin Mock. Here with you to reset everything after the first weekend. Now that we have our Sweet 16 field set, we're going to take a look ahead on this episode of Best on the Board at the new Final Four futures that are available to us with this Sweet 16 field set. We've got a whole new slate of Final Four futures, we've got a whole new slate of Championship futures, and we've got some moved around most outstanding player odds as well. So we're going to get into all Three of those to start the week on Best on the Board before we start digging into the Sweet 16 matchups on Tuesday and Wednesday. Austin, it was a hell of a weekend, and it's a pretty fun Sweet 16 field that we've got set for us here.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's kind of exactly what you want out of the tournament. You know, you still got good teams left, um, so you're going to get some quality basketball. Like, I I can't really be more excited than Houston. Um or sorry houston arizona i think that matchup's is going to be fantastic and then obviously the peacocks um you know they're yes. the true cinderella it's always nice to have one and like i'll even throw in you know iowa state and miami i know one of them is going to go down here in the next uh round as they match up but like they're kind of cinderella's too like, i know i was not right. high on um definitely not high on iowa state and and miami i wasn't loving their matchup against uh USC but their guard play has been fantastic and you know they're two they're two wins both are two wins away from the final four mm-hmm. so uh should be a fantastic week uh next next two rounds after a fantastic what I thought first and second round
0: yeah, yeah this really is i think exactly what you want if you're just, if you're taking any fandom or any betting uh, needs or any bracket needs out of it. And you're just saying, what do you want the sweet 16 to look like? We've got some true powerhouses. we got three number one seeds. We have a real honest to goodness uh, S- uh, Cinderella story in St. Peter's. You've got the number one overall seed in Gonzaga. You've got a one, two, three, four region. You have another region that has its one, two and five, but that five is Houston, which we all felt was under You've got a UCLA, North Carolina matchup in the sweet 16. I mean, just a, a lot of boxes That you want to see checked as we are setting things up for the Sweet 16 checked in this 2022 uh, NCAA tournament. So should be a really fun weekend ahead of us as we whittle things down from 16 to 4. As I said on this episode, we're going to go through every region looking at the new Final Four odds. Then we're going to talk championship odds. Then we're going to talk most outstanding player odds. Highlighting bets that we do like here. But again, not going to force anything. We'll talk through every region. If there's a bet we like, we'll talk about why. If there's not, we'll just pass on it and move on. So let's start in that top left quadrant, Austin, and take a look – at the West region, the region that did stay totally intact with the one, two, three, and 4 seeds. So that means our Sweet 16 matchups in this region are Gonzaga and Arkansas. Gonzaga minus 165 now to get out of the region. Arkansas plus 1,000. And then down at the bottom of the region, Duke versus Texas Tech. Duke is plus 400. Texas Tech plus 450. Which, if any, of these four teams jump out at you as having some value to win their next two games and get to the Final Four.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's Texas Tech um, I was on them uh, before the tournament uh, to win the region to, to make the to make the final four to, to win it all um, <clears throat> I still think there's value they do play a ugly brand of basketball their offense can stall out we kind of saw that um, in in the game against Notre Dame but we also saw what the good of Texas Tech is because the mm. final like two minutes of defense was absolutely fantastic. They were just smothering uh, Notre Dame. But it's interesting you mentioned that the, the you know, one, two, three, and four um, all stayed intact. Every one of those games was in jeopardy uh, yeah. like down the stretch. We were very close to having like a crazy, like even Gonzaga, uh, they needed basically a you know, Nemhard closed it out, but Timmy was absolutely fantastic for, like, the first 15 minutes of the second half. Uh, New Mexico State was right there with Arkansas. Notre Dame was up, I think it was, what, 52-49 with, like, a couple minutes left. They had a chance yeah, to it win, and obviously minutes. Michigan State, huh. uh, same type of thing. Duke just put on a run in the final three minutes. So um, this Texas Tech defense matchup with this Duke offense I think is the key. I'm not a huge fan of Duke's defense, um we saw that I think against Michigan State. I think Michigan State kind of exploited. I know they made some shots, but I'm just not a huge fan of what uh <clears throat> Coach K has on the defensive side of the ball. So I think that matches up well for Texas Tech. Um and I think that's a lot of where the value is here. Um I think Gonzaga's mm-hmm. the best team in the country. I don't think I'm getting a ton of value. Um like I don't think Gonzaga's pulling too much away. I think Duke is still pulling. A little bit too much, as we've seen. Texas Tech is a little bit of a favorite in this game. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's going to surprise some people.
0: <clears throat> Let me ask you about Arkansas because if we just ranked these teams one through sixteen, and we took the the roads uh, to the Final Four out of it and just ranked them one through sixteen, yeah, Arkansas would certainly not be in the bottom three. But that's where they find themselves in terms of Final Four odds. They are plus plus a 1,000. Michigan is also plus plus a 1,000 to get out of the South region. And then you have St. Peter's at plus 3,000 to get out of the East region. So Arkansas has worse Final Four odds than, let's say, Miami. Worse than Iowa State. Worse than North Carolina. And these are teams that I think all of us would say that, you know, just put them against these, these teams. Arkansas is a better team. But of course, Arkansas is going to have to first go through Gonzaga, and then the Duke-Texas Tech winner. So that is why they're at plus a thousand not because they are this extreme long shot compared with the rest of the field do you see any value on Arkansas at 10 to 1 no
1: this is one of those ones like I I was on I'll compare it to this I was on St. Peter's in the first round against Kentucky on a spread bet and then I was also on them against Murray State obviously they won both games outright but like when you get up in these high odds a lot of times it's it's hard to see value from the the the, mm-hmm. the sportsbook, they're not offering, you know, these crazy, you know, probably true odds. You know, sometimes you know they're not going to put out like a plus one million or something on that. Like, <laughs> you know, they're just gonna they're just gonna chuck. Like, I think like the highest was like three hundred to one um, to win the tournament from the the bad team. So that's kind of what's happening to mm-hmm. Arkansas here. Like, they're a good team. Like, I, I have them like closely rated to like, like they're not that far behind like purdue or a duke in my mind like i, I mm-hmm. like i think there's i think like teams four through like 15 are all very close like it, it there's yeah. not a big gap um this year like I, I mentioned it last week when we were on on together that that i did i thought this was a very like crunched field in terms of of kind of team strength and i think Arkansas's kind of that team. I just don't know. I mean, like they have the athleticism to to hang mm-hmm. with Gonzaga. I think they can maybe cause some problems. Their offense just stalls out way too much. Like they just need like this is where like Moses Moody from last year would have been fantastic right. for them. Like I, I think they would be very live. It's just it's just hard for me to see them pulling away. like they're playing the best team in the field in my opinion in my model's opinion it's really just sucking away their value um and then you know even the next game they're going to be a dog to Texas Tech slight dog to Duke it's just mm-hmm. it's just hard to get uh value when you're when you're <sighs> it's it's weird i don't like it's duke pulling it away like I, I guess i'll spin that back to you is duke pulling the value away here cuz like is only Texas in my model only Texas Tech is getting the value here so is like is arkansas arkansas just not getting a favorable price or is duke just really taking this away here
0: <clears throat> I, I guess i guess that's what it is i i would i would lean more toward duke taking it away. And then like you said, I mean, like the not you have to go through the best team in the field. You have to go through the number one overall seed. Uh, I mean, this is a, what's a, it's a nine and a half point spread, I believe something like that. So they're already one of the biggest dogs, the second biggest dog, I believe on the board in the sweet 16, uh, only St. Peter's up against Purdue is a bigger spread. So you're already talking about that winning that game out. Right. And then you're going to be a dog, no matter who you play in the set sa- in the next round. Right. I mean, I, I would say that who can say that what, which teams can say that mission or, uh, uh Arkansas can say that. Obviously, Saint Peter's can say that, and Michigan could. But and Michigan and Michigan, can like, say that. You, they're the only team that can say that. I guess the Miami, yeah, maybe not even the Miami Iowa State winner wouldn't. I mean, they probably be a, they would be a dog, I guess, to to Providence also if Providence somehow upset Kansas. Yeah.
1: But like it's 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 kind of the same thing though. Like if you look at Michigan, they're going to be dog in both games. But like their first game yep. is half basically half the spread yeah. of the Arkansas game, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it's just one of those things where like. Arkansas is a tough team they play really tough defense I think they could give problems because I think it's kind of similar mm-hmm. to Memphis in the sense that like Memphis was very like like Memphis was right there like we're you know and, and so was Georgia yeah. State if we really you know want to talk about it. that game was close with 10 minutes left so Gonzaga hasn't exactly looked great you know maybe there's a recipe there in how the first two games and, and you know Gonzaga is obviously going to clean that up but Arkansas, if they get a, you know, I always go, I'm going to talk about this in a future region here, but if they get a, like, a a officiated game where it's allowed to be a little bit, you know, a little bit more banging around, Mm -hmm. I think that favors them. So it's just, you're not seeing it in the, in the futures market here. So I I just, I can't, they're close for me, but I just, I just can't, Mm -hmm. can't bet them at these current prices.
0: Yeah, I still want it to be. Even though that that ten to one next to Arkansas again, compared with all sixteen teams in the field, looks a little juicy. Knowing the path they have to navigate to win these next two games uh, makes it something that maybe you want to see a little bit higher of a number. Yeah, like next if you gave me that a fourteen Arkansas to
1: one, day. like then you're like, yep. okay, that's that's now we're getting somewhere. But ten to one, like it's just it's just too it's <laughs> too low. Need, need a higher number. <clears throat>
0: Uh, Let's go over to the South region now, Arizona and Houston. That's going to be arguably probably the game of the Sweet 16, uh, at least as it sets up on paper. Arizona plus 125 to get out of this region. Houston plus 225. And I should say that this is the only region of the four that does not have a minus team to get out of the region and make it into the Final Four. Uh, At the bottom part of the region, you've got Villanova and Michigan. Villanova's plus 230, so just a slight step behind Houston. And then Michigan, as we said earlier, plus 1,000 to knock off Villanova and then the Arizona and Houston winner. Any team here jump out at you as one that's bettable at these prices?
1: Yeah, same thing, Houston. Um, I bet them, kind of similar to Texas Tech, bet them in the, in the before the tournament. Um, they're plus 225 here. I think that's a, a really good number um, to, to grab. I, it's If we saw the recipe on how to beat Arizona, TCU gave it to us, and it was with a ton of offensive rebounds. And if you kind of look at the makeup of TCU – they're kind of like a Houston light, if you will, like same same type of team. They mm-hmm. like to crash the boards. Um, that is the recipe that I think Houston's going to have. They're going to have to get the extra points. We kind of saw it against Illinois like that. They got a bunch of offensive rebounds early. They weren't turning them into points. Like that was really why Illinois kept that game close. And then eventually they just they started to the pull away. They started hitting, hitting some shots. Houston again. I I don't know if it runs out here as they start playing better teams, but you know this is a consensus top five team by basically every public metric system that you're gonna find, and they're being priced as like borderline top ten. Um, you know it's I know Arizona's good, but like it's it's one of these things. Are we gonna ever like if they beat Arizona, are we gonna flip the page and say like all right, Houston is? You know, even with the injuries, to Sasser and Mark, like I feel like that's the issue where we keep waiting for this mm-hmm. like drop off, and they just it just doesn't happen. I, I I don't I don't know. Like I'm waiting for it too. Like I, I yeah, know, like I, it's reasonable to be waiting for it. Yeah, like though they just keep winning. I think Kelvin Sampson is a fantastic coach. Like I know he has you know a bunch of baggage from years ago, but like he just wins games. Like they they, they yeah. went to the Final Four last year. This team, you know, they they can they can, they can do it. They lost their best player. They lost another significant contributor. They're still winning games, and I, I think they're—you know—they're only two-point underdogs here. They can easily win this game. I think they're underpriced by the market at uh, plus two twenty-five to make the final four.
0: I mean, it's this is the number two and three team on Ken Palm right now, and Houston is the number two team. Yeah, right. Like, Arizona like, <laughs> is the number three team.
1: And, and you know, it's—it's it's not even like Sasser got hurt. Like, and Mark, you can say to agree. Like, it's not like they got hurt last week. Or mm-hmm. in the conference tournament anything. They got hurt before the New Year. Yeah. Like so you we we have two and a half months of games without them, and they really haven't dropped the ball. And, you know, they're they're still holding their their ranks. So I'll see. I'm actually surprised. I'll go to talk about the other game here, uh, for a brief second. I'm like kind of close on Villanova. Um, from a yeah. you know, it's it's I think Michigan is pulling a little bit of uh too much value here um basically you know good michigan has shown up for the last i'll say uh one and a half games because it did not show up in the first yeah. half of that i guess it was really mm-hmm. like the first 10 minutes but um it's an interesting matchup for villanova because i think they'll be able to score at will but like it will how will you defend dickinson and diabate because they don't have the height to really shut that down could be Mm -hmm. Kind of just like who gets who goes through a scoring drought, and I just think Michigan is more likely as we saw against Tennessee, they had two four plus minute scoring droughts, but Tennessee just had theirs at the end of the game. So Villanova's close for me, but if you know, shop around and maybe if you get a, you know, I don't think you're gonna get this because there's only four teams to pick from, but if you get like a, I don't know, 275, if that's out there, I think that's probably worth a shot on on Villanova, but. Uh, at two thirty, I can't, I can't get involved.
0: <clears throat> yeah, Michigan's also getting Devonte Jones back in this matchup. Yep. Uh, that's something that's already uh, been out there. So uh, Devontae Jones with that return, I do, do think that um, you know that's gonna maybe that helps them stay away from some of the scoring droughts that we saw against Tennessee. Uh, but I'm with you on this uh, again. If there if there's a bet in this region, and I'm not making one to be clear, but if there is a bet in this region, I think it, it has to be Houston because they just should, they shouldn't be. If Arizona, The book can set it whatever one it, it want to set it, but if Arizona is plus 125, Houston should be plus 130. <laughs> uh, there, there should not be this big of a spread between right. Arizona and Houston, and so I think that's where the value lies <coughs> Excuse me, in this region. And so if you wanted to make a play here, Houston's certainly the one, and we can circle around to their uh, championship odds when we get down there in just a second. But first, let's take a look at the Midwest region where we have Kansas, comfortably a favorite, the best odds of any team to make the Final Four right now at plus 175. They will be facing off with Providence in the Sweet 16, Providence plus 600. And then we've got that 10-11 matchup on the bottom half of this region. We knew this was going to be a topsy-turvy half region, and oh boy, was it ever. Auburn goes down to Miami in the second round. Wisconsin goes down to Iowa State. The two and the three lose, and that gives us number 10 Miami at plus 500 to get out. Number 11 Iowa State at plus 550 to get out. I mean, Kansas is minus one seventy five, but this path, I mean, Kansas just coming up everything for them. It, it, could you bet the minus one seventy five on them? Yeah, I, I have a small edge there. I think it's worth worth
1: playing. Um, yeah, like, I'll, I'll be on Kansas at, at this price and shop around, maybe see if there's anything less. But like, I know Providence. Like, I, I took them to make the Sweet 16. I thought they were undervalued. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the whole, like, this team's overrated talk went too far. The market reflected that as well. I didn't think South Dakota State was all that great. Um, and here they are, right? Iowa got upset. They absolutely smoke Richmond. And Kansas is now playing. I, I still don't think Providence is good. You know, it's one of those things where, like, sure, I thought they were undervalued, but I, I don't think they're, like, Oh, this, like, I'm, I don't think they're like a Houston. Like, oh, Houston's much right. better than what the market is, is giving them right now. I don't think Providence is that. And, and, and you go to the other side, Miami and Iowa State, like, no matter who comes out of that, like, Miami has great guard play. I know Laronega is his style. I don't know if it's his style that he makes these, these deep runs in the tournament. I think this is the third Sweet 16 that he's had at Miami, which is crazy because, mm-hmm. like, Miami, I feel like Miami's, done nothing for the last like decade of of college basketball but um you look like iowa state they play an ugly brand of basketball they almost beat kansas earlier in the year but that was two months ago kansas is kind of morphing into a different team now they're playing their their best basketball of the season in my opinion now they they really haven't they pulled away from texas tech in that big 10 or big 12 championship game they really haven't played um anybody close since the conference tournament So, uh, do I count that Creighton game? I don't know. Felt like they were always gonna pull away, but
0: did feel sort of like an arms length. Yeah, like it was never really threatened.
1: Hit enough threes in a row to figure this out. I don't know. It was just one of those games. I know (laughs) so many of these tournament games are like that, but they're just by far the best team here. Um, It's not like one of these matchups where you need the other side, like you know. Kansas is a sizable favorite against Providence they're expected to win, you know, 80 some percent of the time. It's not like you need to avoid Auburn, you know. You're getting a right. a very weak opponent in the next <laughs> in the next matchup. They're going to be considerable favorites no matter who wins that Miami Iowa State game. So, um it, it gets a little crazy. I know Iowa State played them tough, but I, I just Kansas is I wasn't even high on Kansas for the year. You know, I got suckered into Auburn because this I thought this region was so weak. I didn't have any value on on Kansas, but now I, I think they're getting a little bit undervalued by the market. I don't know if we're getting excited about these kind of Cinderella teams, if you will, but uh, I think this has gone too far. Kansas Kansas has value here. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. I think Canada, like. It's easy to want to just stay away from a, from a minus 175 future, and I understand that, yeah. but they are just so much better than the other three teams that are still alive in this region. And for what it's worth, that, that the, the first Iowa State matchup, the one you referenced that Iowa State almost won, that was a game Kansas played without Remy Martin. This second, the second time they played each other in the regular season, Kansas wins going away in Hilton without Remy Martin and Ochai Abaji. So I mean, it's like it's just like if that ends up being the matchup, if Miami ends up being the matchup, eh, no matter what, Kansas is going to be considerable favorites, as you said, in both games that they have available to them, and so it feels like they're not only are they, I think, bettable. I think it's it's hard to craft a are an argument for either of any of the other teams being bettable, and I think that what's that what most reflects that is the fact that. The team that we would all agree is the second best team in the region, Providence, has the worst odds because they have to play Kansas right. first. Like at least Miami and Iowa State, you know, one of them is going to be in the Elite Eight, right. and so that like that just reflects ju- that further reflects just how much better Kansas is than the other three teams.
1: Yeah, it, it, that's yeah, that's a really good point. You know, like <laughs> Providence is. Is your best, your second best team there. And because, you know, they play them first. And I don't think there's a huge difference between Iowa State and Miami. Like, I think if sure. Providence were to upset Kansas, I think both of those, no matter who they play, is going to be basically close to a pick them. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just like, we're not even like, we're not talking top 30 teams here by like Ken Palm or team rank, any of these. Like, we're talking yeah. like 35th in the, you know, maybe closer to 40 are these other three teams. And Kansas is, you know, Top five-ish. <laughs> like, there's such My- a big difference here. Um, the biggest difference in the field, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we look at Michigan as an 11 seed. You know, they're top 30, top 25-ish. You know, it's it's just a, mm-hmm. such a big difference um, in what Kansas has. And they got three of them. Like, they don't have one other team that's, yes. like,
0: no, we're yeah. talking
1: about Miami, Iowa State, and Providence <laughs> pre-tournament a week ago. Nobody thought they were going to make the Sweet 16. Right. Like nobody yeah. was talking like, yeah, I think it's they can make certainly it not Iowa State. <laughs> so they're guaranteed uh, to get one of those teams in the lead eight if they if they beat Providence. So, um, yeah, I think Kansas is is undervalued here. They're just they're, they're just way, a way different class, a way different class. Here.
0: <clears throat> one more final point on this and then we'll move on to the East region. Obviously, in the Ken Palm ranks and any ranks, the lowest remaining team is St. Peter's should go without saying. <laughs> the next three lowest teams at least on Ken Palm Miami Iowa State and Providence yeah that, and that's the region that Kansas I is I
1: think if at. you go through every public metric system that's it's yeah. gonna be pretty close to that if not that
0: yeah. and then it's like it's like a decent little stretch before you then get to Michigan and then a decent little stretch before you get to Arkansas and North Carolina yep. and so that's I mean that's that's what Kansas is looking at so this <laughs> really is, the ball is very very Firmly in Kansas's court in Chicago this coming weekend. East region, this one's fun. This one's uh, this one's bunched up at the top. You've got Purdue at minus one twenty-five. Uh, they are the three seed, obviously, in this region. They have the best odds to get out. Uh, they are going up against St. Peter's, who's at plus three thousand. And then you've got in the middle UCLA and North Carolina, a blue blood matchup. UCLA's plus two hundred, North Carolina plus. 400 uh, should be a very fun game between those two hot teams. How do you look at this region? Is there can I feel like you can make a similar obviously not identical but a similar argument for Purdue with the way that they're playing to come out of this region.
1: Yeah, the tough part for Purdue is it's going to depend on the officiating for them. Like if, if they get the whistle that they got against Texas last night, they're mm-hmm. they're they're going to cakewalk to the final four. Like I I I, like, maybe not cakewalk because I still think UCLA and North Carolina can can bang yeah, around with tough, them a bit. Tough game, for and sure. I think that mm. just the athleticism of North Carolina probably gives them some issues. But like they they were plus thirty free throw attempts last night against. <laughs> I think it was more than that, but plus thirty against Tech, and they still that game was three point game with you know, a minute and a half left. So Purdue has their issues, but similar thing. Obviously, St. Peter's. I, I, I've been, like I said, I've been on, I was on them in the first two rounds. I admittedly. Teaser alert! Here, I will probably be on them again. I will be waiting. Hmm. Scary because if they call fouls and Edie gets to the free throw line, he's gonna score twenty points, shoot fifteen free throws, and there's nothing you can do. He's seven four. Like yeah. it's just yeah. like it's just what it is. And and that problem goes further for Purdue, uh, or I guess North for North Carolina and UCLA. Like, can they? You know, Baycott obviously I think can can cause some issues, and and you know they're better suited than St. Peter's, but. It's just it really so much is going to come down to. I was looking back at their losses this year, but they shot below the the college basketball average like free throw rate in the, in like I think every one of their losses but one. So like it really is going to come mm-hmm. down to can they get into can they get to the free throw line or stay out of foul trouble because Edie and and Williams too can both get into foul trouble so. Similar. I'm not as high on Purdue as I am on Kansas, and I think UCLA, mm-hmm. North Carolina. Obviously, they're better. We just mentioned they're better than than uh, Iowa State and Miami here. But it is kind of similar in the fact that they're just getting the easy game, right? They get the easiest game. They're a 12, right. 13 point favorite uh, against Purdue. I, don't, I or against St. Peter's. I don't have any value in this region, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just be like quietly rooting for St. Peter's to get a you know to, <laughs> to, like the true Cinderella story here. But I am fascinated by. How I think the North Carolina UCLA game is going to be fantastic, um, but I'm yeah. very interested to see how St. Peter's guards Edie and and Williams, and then whoever wins the North Carolina UCLA game, assuming Purdue wins, how yeah. they how they attack uh, Edie and and Williams because it's basically can you keep them off the free throw line? Um, because that it's just you can't you can't overcome the free points, and they're and you get in foul trouble. North Carolina we saw against Baylor they're not deep. You know, so it's it's going to yeah. come down to how how do you defend them?
0: <clears throat> it's going to be I, I really think I mean you know St. Peter's obviously a, a really fun story here, uh, but that that Purdue whoever matchup in the Elite Eight, assuming Purdue gets past St. Peter's, that'll be a really fun Elite Eight game. Yeah, I mean I think we're set up for uh, you know Midwest region notwithstanding. You know basically no matter what happens in the South of the West. We're we're looking at some really fun Elite Eight matchups, and then if Purdue can get by St. Peter's, I think we're looking at three really really good Elite Eight matchups. And if it's like Purdue UCLA, uh, Villanova against whoever in the South and whoever against whoever in the West, <laughs> uh, I mean, right? That's that, those are three really really nice Elite Eight yeah, matchups. Yeah, even if so, like, again, Michigan like
1: wins, it, it's one of yeah, like we oh, said sure. that you know they could make. I mean, obviously they're one went away now, but like. We would not be shocked if they made an Elite Eight run. Like, they have yeah. – they're difficult to guard because Dickinson is big, and he's also, like, a pretty good passer, and they have some shooters. They don't shoot all that great, but it, it should be, like, like you said, those three regions – like, even if St. Saint, like Saint Peter's pulls off the upset, like, obviously you have that mm-hmm. aspect of it. Like, wow, this team sure. is one game <laughs> away from the Final Four. Like, this would be fantastic. Uh, but, like, North Carolina's been trending in the right direction – uh, yeah. UCLA is just, they play so slow. They have great shot makers. So, like, they're just a tough out, like, time. in, They, they were right there with Arizona in the Pac-12 championship. Um, mm-hmm. And then that West region. <sighs> I mean, Thursday is the West and South regions play. Yeah. That that might be, I mean, that's going to be the best day of college basketball yeah. this season. Yeah, and, those and four and games. It's, it's, those That's four haymakers, like, in a row. Like, you know, yeah. yes. it like should just be fantastic, fantastic basketball.
0: <clears throat> I'm with you. Nothing, no bet for me out of the East region. Slightly intrigued by Purdue, but can't quite get there. Because frankly, if I was going to bet Purdue at minus 125 to, to get out of that region and make the Final Four, I would maybe be a little bit more intrigued by their championship odds. So let's take a look at those. I'm just going to read off the top nine here. Basically, all the teams that have better than 20 to 1 odds to win the championship. You got Gonzaga at plus 230, Kansas is plus 450, Arizona's plus 500, Purdue then 850, Houston's plus 900, Duke plus 1100, Villanova plus 1400, Texas Tech plus 1600, and UCLA plus 1800. We don't need to read them all off, but those are the top teams, all of them with better than 22-1 odds. Any of the championship odds, whether it's one of those teams or an even deeper shot, uh, making some sense to you, Austin.
1: Yeah, so similar to the final four odds, obviously these are correlated. Um, Texas Tech and mm-hmm. Houston, I'm on them pre, and, and I think they still have value at the current prices. Texas Tech 16 to 1 and Houston at 9 to 1. A team to look, maybe shop around at, I, I have like a half percent edge on Villanova at 14 to 1. Like I said, I think they're going to be able to score on Michigan. Um, it's just whether they get dis- destroyed on the inside because they don't really have height to. It's kind of like, it's like the St. Peter's and Purdue conversation, but a little uh-huh. bit obviously not as dramatic there because Zach Eadie's like the tallest person on the planet. But um, right. <clears throat> fourteen to one, like you know, sixteen to one. I think you know they get into start to get into range where you can play them. I don't know if I, I haven't shopped around yet uh, this morning, but I can't imagine they're that much higher. But they're close for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think that's like it's it's actually kind of surprising to me because I'm getting. Um, like so much of the odds or edge is being pulled towards Houston it like kind of shows that Arizona in my opinion is being just overpriced in, in my model because i have two teams from that region that are that are showing some value here so and, and honestly probably michigan i thought michigan uh, is a little overvalued in the final four odds so uh villanova's the other team houston and texas i think are are good to go shop around if you can get 16 18 to 1 on villanova anywhere i think mm-hmm. that's a pretty good bet to make <clears throat>
0: Uh, is Kansas at all close? Out of curiosity, are they at all close to uh, to having an edge? Just because, as we've talked about, like they they just feel like as close to a shoo for the Final Four as we can realistically call a team at any point in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, you get them at plus four fifty, so it's the second best odds. Uh, but they just feel they feel like such a safe bet to at least be there, be competing as one of the last four teams alive. Uh, that I would think that maybe they would be somewhat close to an edge. Yeah,
1: uh, not not entirely. I'm like. I have them like eighteen percent, or sorry, uh, just under seventeen percent. Their implied odds are about eighteen percent, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm under there. So they're getting overpriced, I think, in the championship market because of how easy their road is. Like, it, which is funny to me because I am, I have an edge on them to make the final four, uh, but I'm not right. seeing it in the uh, in the championship. And I think that kind of goes to I'm just I'm not super high on Kansas. Like I'm not getting a final four edge because of Kansas's talent or how I rate them. It's really mm-hmm. just. I think the rest of the like the draw again the draw is so so favorable for Kansas here, um, but nothing there. Like I said, there's only three teams. Like UCLA is close too. If you shop around and get a, a like twenty to one or better on UCLA, twenty two to one probably um, mm-hmm. you're getting close. But like again, you're get, you're talking about such small edges here, and like the chances, right. uh, it's just tough to really get too much because the team like only the elite teams win the title in college basketball. Yeah. Like it, we uh, have not yeah, right. since really K- Connecticut in 14, we uh-huh. have not had like a non-top.
0: Yeah. And that was the, I mean, that was the craziest turn. Right. Like it, it, to Kentucky was like it's an like we team, have- weren't they?
1: Or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just yeah. a, a really it's weird like, year. It's
0: not like they, it's not like they lose and Butler wins and it's like, oh, a, a, an elite team won it this year too. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. it's, I mean, it was just
1: it's really, unless Connecticut's involved, it seems like, you know, an elite team is going to win <laughs> uh, the title yep. here. So, Maybe there is a little bit of too much these teams are too close at the top like you know I don't think mm-hmm. there's a huge difference like I saw UCLA and Arizona like go ahead to, like right down to the wire in the Pac-12 championship game and these teams I I would say Arizona and UCLA are perceived as like a good bit apart um in like team yeah. strength and 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 UCLA is right there with them in in my opinion so it's it's just tough because they can they can juice these odds and put so much extra vigor. Like if you add up the implied odds, it's gonna. Uh, what do we got here? What are we offering? Let's see. Twenty twenty. One hundred and twenty five percent is the you know. So you're getting <laughs> there. You go. They're, they're playing with twenty five percent house edge here. So it's hard. It's really hard yeah. to get uh, value. Um, and that's why I'm really only showing like if you have a model that's lower on Texas Tech and Houston, like and higher on say Arizona and Gonzaga, you're probably having no edges <laughs> at this point in the yeah. futures market. So um that that's something to make note of is it's just hard to have value at this point of the year.
0: <clears throat> I'm surprised that there's such a gap in the championship odds between Duke and Texas Tech. Duke's at eleven to one Texas Tech at sixteen to one and I guess that sort of you know that builds from the four hundred and four fifty that they have for their final four odds. It just, it feels like a little extreme of a divergence.
1: Yeah, I would agree and it's also Texas Texas favorite in that game. I mean, it's basically a pick 'em. Um like the yeah. money line is is basically a pick 'em. Uh-huh. So in my opinion, like if I'm doing this, basically they should have the same odds. Um so mm-hmm. I think this is where the futures market's not as sharp as the, you know, side and total market and you know there's liability like coach K's last season. I'm sure like a lot of these, you know, you can this is why you can shop around and get such different numbers on teams because some some books are just getting flooded with Duke tickets because it's Coach K's last yeah. season. No way, like, you know, the whole conspiracy theory. No way they let him lose, all that <laughs> stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so that could just strictly be, like, they have five times the liability on Duke to win the title than Texas. Yep. Like, who's rushing to bet the Texas Tech this year? Like, they lose Chris Beard. You know, like, they're kind of like an unknown thing this year. Who was rushing? Probably no one. But Duke mm-hmm. in Coach K's yep. final season, probably every mm-hmm. Duke alumni has, you know, <laughs> like they want to be able to tell that story. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I think that's probably the difference there considering they're literally playing each other and the market has it as a 50-50 game right now. <clears throat>
0: All right, really quick. Let's run through the most outstanding player. I'll just read off the, the odds for the top five guys right now. Top two both from Gonzaga, you've got Drew Timmy at 550, Chet Holmgren at 850, then Oshaya Baji at 950, Benedict Mathurin at ten at uh at ten thousand at thousand10 to one, and then Jaden Ivy at plus fourteen hundred. I mean, I want the fourteen to be a bigger number, but like it's very easy to tell the story of Purdue going on this run here, winning the championship, and Jaden Ivy being the guy. I guess you would tell the same story about Abaji and uh, and Kansas if if you think Kansas went to the championship. But I don't know if it's quite as clean as Ivy. And this is something that we think about all the time when we're making these sorts of wagers. Something like we talked about a couple of months ago uh, before the Super Bowl when you're thinking about who's really going to win Super Bowl MVP. It's like, if Purdue pulls this off, Jaden Ivy is going to be the most outstanding player, almost certainly. And so like, it, it's more like if I were inclined to bet anything Purdue, I would probably bet Jaden Ivy because that's where you're getting the biggest return on your money. But again, like the edges, I'm guessing the edges on this really uh, aren't strong at all.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, like, it, obviously, it's really difficult to model this. Um, but it, yeah. I, I think it is guard heavy unless, like, is, I guess, a different use case here because mm-hmm. their top player, obviously, Timmy, is their, their main go-to. Um, but you're basically just betting the best player on the (laughs) best teams so like how i would attack this is basically who i have final four edges on or who i'm close to having final four or sorry championship edge on and Uh like villanova right so like if villanova makes a run and wins the national title like kind of similarly to jayden ivy like it's going to be gillespie right like there's there's no one really else on the team that that there's so much name that goes into this award, right? Like, you have to right. – like, you know, Trevion Williams was great last night, and he can have – he could score more points than Ivy the rest of the way if Purdue would win the national championship. But if Ivy is, like, close, it's probably going to be Ivy because Ivy, he's more of the go-to guy late. Like, that's a factor mm-hmm. in this as well.
0: Um, yeah, hit those big threes in late against Texas. Right.
1: Like, you know, th- those were huge shots, right? Like, and he had the – they had a three earlier. He drove in and pe- kicked it out. And I think it was Morton that hit mm-hmm. the three. Um, yep. that, that, you know, he's just, he's the creator. Like Edie, I don't think Edie will win because he doesn't play enough, definitely in crunch time. But it's kind of like Juzang last year, right? Like they made that run, and mm-hmm. Juzang was the guy who was going to score all the points for UCLA. So it's tough for me to get involved. I just look at, like, you know, a Bryson Williams for Texas Tech is 41, you know, 40, uh, 40 to 1. So, like, that's someone who's interesting to me. Like, White uh, Fabian White Jr. for Houston didn't have a great yep. game against Illinois. That's kind of shocking to me that they won kind of handedly without him doing all that much. But that's kind of where I'm looking at with these teams is, like, uh, Villanova, Houston, Texas Tech. I'm close. Like, just take mm-hmm. stabs on those. But if you have an edge on any other teams, like Duke, it's, you know, you're looking at – yeah.
0: Boncaro's yeah, 33-1. like you're looking at
1: him, you know, but I guess they're kind of more spread out, if you, or even out. Uh-huh. it's it's interesting to me, but Arizona, right, like they have a bunch of guys up here, I don't think it can be anybody but Benedict, right, like I, I yeah. he he was fantastic in the game against TCU, he's gonna get his points the rest of the way, so same thing with Kansas, you know, Remy Martin's been great, but you know, you're not, abaji's gonna get it, right, like he, it's yeah. it basically is impossible for him to not get it, so That's how I attack these (laughs) is basically who do I have edges on or who am I close to having edges on? And then looking at their top players Mm -hmm. and seeing you're basically kind of just comparing them to the other similar teams, players uh, that are, they're in that price range. So that's why like Texas tech, you know, Duke is in Duke's much higher than them to win the odds. And, but in my model, they're not Texas tech, Mm -hmm. Bryson
0: Williams, 41, 40 to one. That's solid in my opinion. So. That, yeah, Fabian White, like you said, forty-one. Kyler Edwards, said forty-one. Yeah, Johnny Juzang said thirty-two.
1: Yeah, so you, you got to get these guys that are the and and uh, you have to. Who's the guy they go to in crunch time? Like that matters so yep. much. Like I Zach Eady, I know he only scored like twelve, but like he was the difference in that game. Like early, yeah. like but he didn't play. Like I don't know. Like it felt like the last ten minutes because he's just it's tough for him to play in crunch time. But like he was the difference. But nobody will will say that from you know mm-hmm. it's ivy because he and 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 Trevor williams they both had you know 20 points 22 whatever it was so you got to look at the the end game factor because that sticks in uh sticks in voters mind or however this oh, is yeah. determined whatever that committee is but that's how like ched holmgren at 10-1 to like no way i no yeah, way right? like i would need like <laughs> probably 20 to 1 To go on Holmgren because (laughs) Timmy is, and even I would say Nemhard because Uh Holmgren's not—he's not not ball heavy. Like Holmgren Uh does so much else for them, rebounding, blocks, all that, and he can score. Don't get me wrong, but like Nemhard, he's gonna have the ball in his hands late, and Timmy's Uh gonna be the guy scoring. What's it? He's at like thirty points per game right now. Ridiculous. Holmgren is way overvalued uh, at ten to one here.
0: Eh, resetting everything as we get ready for Sweet 16 and Elite 8 weekend ahead of us. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. Thanks so much for listening. As I said at the top of the show, we are right back with you uh, setting things up for the actual individual games. Tomorrow, Tuesday's episode, we will take a look at the Thursday games, which again, not going to want to miss those, the West and the South region. Then on Wednesday, we will discuss Friday's games, which is the Midwest and the East region. So be sure to be with us all week long here on best on the board for Austin Mock. I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.